Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time to go inside the film room with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg breaking down college football from a different angle. It's the College Football Film Room Podcast. Come on inside the College Football Film Room Championship Week Edition alongside veteran scout coach and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg and Chris, believe it or not, we have reached championship week in college football. Yeah, you know, the season's gone by so fast. Um, obviously, the regular season is over, and we're down to the championship week. We've got our um, last rankings before the final rankings on you know last Tuesday night rankings. Um, Sunday, we'll, we'll know everything. We have a pretty good feel for it. It looks to be not nearly as dramatic as in the past, but we certainly a little bit of drama, but some good games. And some meaningful games, a little new blood, as this is going to be the first time that Alabama has not made the playoffs. Correct. So, we, you know, we've got some interesting storylines and some interesting games um, with Oregon, Utah, Baylor, Oklahoma in that rematch there, Georgia, LSU, of course. Um, so, man, can't wait to, to, to drill down into all of it. And we'll talk about a lot of things here. On this episode, we'll preview the championship games. We'll get into the playoff scenarios and uh, talk a little coaching news as well. But before we get into everything, Chris, what did you make of Dabo Swinney's comments this week, which I thought were a little, I don't want to say uncalled for, but he he's overreacting and saying, oh, we got to win because if we lose, they don't take us seriously because we don't play anybody and, and we're not going to be in the playoff picture if we lose. Well, you know what, Dabo? A lot of teams are not in the playoff picture when they lose. So, so yes, you do have to win your championship game. You do have to go undefeated. And, and I just felt like his comments, they came off Chris a little bit like he was um, maybe whining or, or, or going off of maybe some built-up frustration maybe that he's had, and finally he let it out. Yeah, whining's a good word. I mean, I, I think he's the act is wearing thin, and you know, poor old us and little old Clemson and all that crap that he kind of throws out there. Look, if it worked for him and his team, and it's a way to send a message to a team nobody respects you, you know, we, you know, I, he's got to have to have a different way to motivate his team because he plays in a league that's really bad. I mean, the worst league in the Power Five. Uh, not even close, not even debatable when you study as much film as I do. It's just we, we, they can't do anything about it. They need to certainly hope that the rest of their league starts to get a little bit better and make some improvements, but it's a weak league. So that is a problem. And then, you know, unfortunately for them, South Carolina is not very good. And so they play that game every year and it doesn't amount to anything. AM is it's a good game to schedule. They're not quite ready to challenge a Clemson. So it looks like they've done look, I mean, it's not like they schedule poorly. They they, you know, could they play a tougher point? You know my theory on that. It's mm -hmm. why I always believe that if we had a way that we put these teams in bowl games and then pick it, that you can't control with you know, necessarily, you know, Walford's not going to be good and that's not a, a, a game, but you know, 
you know, how good a South Carolina is going to be 10 years from now versus now, we don't know. And AM and so on and so forth. They've got Georgia coming back on the schedule in a few years. Good Lord, I hope I'm alive to see it. I mean, it's just so far down the road that you don't ever know. Look, here's the reality, Dabo. You've got a really good team. I see it. I watch it. I call it grading to a standard. They're an elite team. They're capable of winning a national championship. Will they not? Will they or won't they? Don't know. We'll find out soon enough. They're good enough. But the reality is, where the hell do you think you belong? Two? One? You don't belong Mm -hmm. ahead of LSU. You don't belong ahead of Ohio State. Both who are also very good. But no fault of yours, but they played tougher schedules. Now, if you want to take that and whine and say, nobody gives us any credit. Okay, (laughs) do do what what suits you. I get that. But there is nothing to complain about. Look, the only way they get to two or one is if Ohio State or LSU or both lose. Then you move up. And, you know, if anything, if you were Baylor, or Minnesota, and they played your schedule, Devil, they'd be ranked like eighth or ninth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're and right. They'd be, they'd be moved up. By now, they'd be seven or six. It wouldn't be in the top four. They sure as hell wouldn't be third. So you're getting credit for who you are and what you've been because the what I call the 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 – the bias that's just naturally there because you know they're good. You, you even though you're not defending champions, you're not defending anything. You won it last year. That's why people call it defending, even though it's not technically accurate. They know you're good, and you may not be as talented as you were last year, but you're really good, and you look like one of the best. And you know what? You're gonna be third, even though you've not beaten anybody good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not one team that's good. Not want yet i think you're getting all the respect in the world and you know the 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 fact that i would i would submit this if you took um auburn schedule excuse me auburn and and you gave him clemson schedule take the you know 12 and all yeah you took you took took, uh, oregon Michigan, Notre Dame, Iowa, Penn State, Florida, Wisconsin. Every one of those teams, if you give them this year's Clemson schedule, they'd be unbeaten mm-hmm. more than likely. I mean, you don't know, definitely a critical injury here or there could, you know, quarterback or something could happen. That, so, but we know you're good. That's why you're there and you're unbeaten and you've taken care of your business. So you're there. Now, look. I'd get it. This would be one hell of an argument if it was the BCS days. And you're third because you probably would still be third and you'd be unbeaten as the defending champion and all they'd be holy hell because you mm-hmm. then you wouldn't be allowed in. At least you're in to the party and you're going to end up playing the one of the you're not going to play the four seed unless both Ohio State and LSU lose. And as we get into it, we know the difference of playing the four seed versus the rest. It's a it's a three-team race. It's Ohio State, it's LSU, it's Clemson. And then the fourth team. And there's a gap. But, I, yeah, I, I just, you know, 
Dabo does does what he wants to do, and that's fine. But yeah, it's it's much ado about nothing and kind of ridiculous. So let's talk about the teams ahead of them. If Ohio State were to lose to Wisconsin, are they guaranteed a spot in the title in the in the playoff? Yeah, I think so. I mean, listen, I think if it's close enough, and I mean, I I don't anticipate a blowout. Yeah, they lose that game, they're twelve and one. So you look at that resume. Mm-hmm. That's a good team. It's an eighth ranked team. Um, you it's don't a team the that they con- already blew out earlier in the season. Yeah. Um, the issue though, what does that do for Wisconsin? Two lost team. Don't think they make it. So because they've got the loss to Illinois. And they and lost to Ohio lost State. Team. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, yeah, I think Ohio State makes it and Wisconsin does. And people will scream bloody murder about, you know. You didn't win the conference championship again. again. But but I think body that of it, work, it, body I of think, work. It, well, it, I think Ohio State is helped by the fact that it's Wisconsin. If it was Minnesota, and let's say Minnesota beats Ohio State, maybe there's a different argument. But the fact that you could just say, if if you want to say, but Wisconsin beat Ohio State, yeah, but Ohio State beat Wisconsin. They split. And so you really, so that argument really doesn't hold up as saying, oh, they beat them because they also got blown out by them. And so it kind of just cancels each other out. Now you look at the rest of their schedule, Ohio State's 12 and one, Wisconsin's 10, uh, 11 and two. I would put Ohio State over Wisconsin, even if Wisconsin beats them in the title. Look, look, Wisconsin's chances died against Illinois. Simple as that. Speaking of, speaking of tumbling, how about? Minnesota tumbling all the way to 18. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I think Ohio State is in with a loss. I think LSU is in with a loss. Um, although neither one want to hear if it they want to get the one seed, of course, and win the conference championship. But I do think ditto for LSU. I think the difference is Georgia, obviously, at four. If they win, they're in. Again, not the same for Wisconsin. So, not two teams going in from the Big Ten. Georgia beats LSU, two teams going in from the SEC. And Clemson, I'm going to make the assumption that they'll win and they'll be in. And then then it'll be up to Ohio State, uh, again, to take care of business to, to, against Wisconsin. They'd be in if they were to lose and LSU were to lose. Then that's where it's going to be a little chaotic because Clemson moves to number one. Um, we'll see how far – LSU and Ohio State drop, meaning Georgia would probably Georgia go up two, yeah, two. You probably, uh, probably they would put, and again, depends upon how close the games were, mm-hmm. but probably Georgia as the SEC champion might move into the two or three slot, which would mean that, again, unless it's a blowout, they put Ohio State into the two or three slot to play Georgia, Ohio State, um, and then play LSU Clemson because I'm they're never going to say this they're not going to want to go ahead and put an LSU Georgia no rematch so I think they would separate that but we'll see is it going to be helped I mean you know I really we discuss this every week how does it look how close the game is what are the circumstances you just don't win you just don't lose but how you do it who's injured who's healthy what are a lot of things that factor in but I think we're in pretty good shape now, here's the thing. Here's one for you. Clemson loses. I don't know. Don't laugh because I know they're not losing to Virginia. <laughs> but they lose. Are they in? No, they're out. Okay. You can't lose. 
you can't lose to that Virginia team and no disrespect to Bryce Perkins and Virginia and Bronco Mendenhall has done a great job with that team. And it was a great game against Vatek in the uh, basically the semifinal game, if you want to call it. I, I just can't put Clemson in that top four if they lose, especially if you're at if you're comparing them to a Utah or an Oklahoma, because the losses just don't add up. They, okay. they just wouldn't add up. Let, let, let's let's play this. You want to have a little interesting fun here because it's not going to happen. So let's talk about it now because it's a moot point <laughs> next time we talk. Okay, Ohio State wins. Yes. <clears throat> LSU wins. You follow yep. me? Okay, yep. they're in. So they're one and two. Okay, so Georgia is now 11 and two. And just lost to LSU in our little scenario. Mm-hmm. Okay, I Clemson. Think out. Okay, okay. Well, hold on, hold on. Just okay. don't, 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 don't say that. And just listen to all of it because I, w- I want to hear who's in. I want to okay. who's out. Okay. I want to see who's in. Okay, okay you, you, you're throwing everybody out. I'm, I'm, I ain't <laughs> my scenarios. Ohio State and LSU win. They're in. They win. Got it. Clemson just lost. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Georgia's they lost their eleven and two. Utah loses to Oregon. So now you got the Big 12 champion. So you've got Ohio State and LSU in. Okay. Now you got two spots. Now you just told me that Clemson, if they lost, they're out. So you got Clemson 12 and 1, Georgia 11 and 2, Utah 11 and 2, and the the winner of the Big 12 is 12 and 1. That's the third team. Who's your fourth? You're 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 not taking you're not taking, you know, not certainly taking, I'm not taking two loss Utah. Can't. You can't you're not take taking, two loss you're Utah. You're not taking two loss Utah. You're not mm-hmm. taking the loser of Oklahoma Baylor. One Correct. of them gets in. Correct. So you're now deciding you're putting George in. I mean, you you've you've got to have you, you put the so let's under this scenario, Utah to make this clear as mud. <laughs> Ohio <laughs> State, LSU are in. Uh-huh. The Big 12 champion is in. Let's just for grin say Oklahoma wins. It. Okay. So Ohio State, LSU, and Oklahoma are in. Okay. Now your options are 12 and 1 Clemson, 11 and 2 Georgia, 11 and 2 Utah, which you've just made your statement on that, 11 and 2 Baylor, and then, you know, 10 and 2s like Wisconsin and Florida. Who's your fourth, my friend? Okay, in that scenario, in that scenario, now here's the, I'll present the argument for both, okay? Okay. Because it's going to, because the argument's going to be Clemson or Georgia getting in. Mm-hmm. The argument for both would be that Georgia lost to LSU, and what if it's a close game? What if they lose by a last-second field mm-hmm. goal? What if they gave you an epic performance, right? Mm-hmm. Clemson's loss now to Virginia is ugly because – even if they lose a close game, they're a 23-point favorite. You're, it's an ugly loss. But conversely, Clemson blew out the same South Carolina team that went into Athens and beat Georgia. Mm-hmm. And I think that matters. So I think it, it's a really tough decision. And unless you're telling me that Georgia LSU came down to a last-second field goal, I would I would put Clemson in over okay. Georgia. So there you go. That's the scenario where Clemson loses. They're out. You know, but if out. but if if it does come down to a last second field goal between Georgia LSU, I think I'd give Georgia the edge because again, Clemson losing 
to this Virginia team. And I, I have it's to stress it. Loss. I, I really no disrespect to this Virginia team, but no, that's a terrible a, loss. It's you a, it's cannot a, lose that game. No, it's a it's a it's an awful loss. I mean, it's yeah. it's and I don't think, I just don't see how you can recover from that this late no, in the year. Yeah. No, and you know that's that's right. And uh, <laughs> by the way, and, you know who, you know who's praying for that scenario that you just labeled out? Florida. Florida's sitting here praying for that scenario. Well, and like, how about, we, how about that? How about that? We lost to Georgia and LSU, and that's it. And we beat Auburn, who beat Alabama. We beat South Carolina, who beat Georgia. You know, we're, we're sitting here at 10 and 2, just wishing everybody drops in front of us. Well, and that's the that's where I was going to go with it, because Florida has lost to LSU and Georgia. I mean, 2 and 4. Now, it's ironic. They're 9. Yeah. Behind Wisconsin, who lost to Illinois. That uh-huh. seems to be like, well, you'd almost get the sense, well, it's put them there. If they beat Wisconsin, if they beat Ohio State, they're going to be higher anyway. If they lose, we'll move them down. That seems like a, well, we yes. take it every week. That seems like, hey, we'll let that figure it out on their own. You know, it's like, because there's no way. I mean, Wisconsin beats Ohio State. They up ahead. I mean, they stay ahead of Florida, but they're ahead. Now, if they're doing that right, certainly Florida should be eight instead of nine. They should be ahead of Wisconsin. Florida's got two losses against two tough teams and some good wins. Wisconsin, you know, is, I mean, they got a bad loss to Illinois. That that would be in the category of Clemson's loss to Virginia, in my mind. Um, That's, you know, so... To me, that um, that's a little bit a uh, little bit backwards. Look, folks, Clemson's not going to lose to Virginia, but I, I just wanted to kind of throw into a little bit of chaos what could happen. Uh, I'm not. We haven't had anything quite that dramatic because I can't envision a scenario where uh, you'd have that big of an upset. I will say this though. I don't know what the point spread is between Clemson and Virginia. I don't know if you got that handy. It's uh, 23 last time. I, I think it was 23. I could tell you in two seconds here. Clemson is a 20, 20. Oh, my gosh. 28 and a half points, Chris. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think, I think, I think when Pitt upset West Virginia in the BCS days, when uh-huh. West Virginia was headed to play in the national championship game against LSU. That, that that's West Virginia. All they needed to do was beat Pitt and they were somewhere in the mid twenties. I don't know if it was 28. I think it was maybe like 24 ish, 25 ish point favorites. Uh, maybe a little bit higher than, that. I don't know. I know it was really decisive. It wasn't like a 10 point or any, it was huge and Pitt upset him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it is – that's different. That West Virginia team was good. It's not like Clemson good this year. But we've seen upsets of that magnitude happen, and we've seen them happen late in the year. I just thought it would be intriguing because everybody would, you know, uh, it's just discuss it now of what could happen. And the scenarios I, – I, I say that I've got it down to really seven teams with a chance. But you would wonder about a Florida. Florida, you know, in that scenario, where would they be? I don't, they're not going to probably not jump ahead of Georgia because Georgia beat them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if Georgia's 11 and two, Florida's 10 and two, 
um, Georgia's going to stay ahead of Florida. So as we look at that, I don't think there's any way we get out of um, the top seven, as it is Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, Georgia, Utah, Oklahoma, Baylor. Um, the, the four is coming from that seven because Florida really can't get ahead of Georgia. So in that scenario, um, you, you would have the Big 12 champion and Georgia at the very least get in. But as you mentioned, could be a debate between Georgia Clemson. But Florida, I don't think even gets in that discussion because of the head-to-head loss with Georgia. So there we go. We just oh, I, I want to give you yeah, yeah. I, I want to give you now two more uh debates before we get into the game previews here. Uh one is which group of five champion do you think is going to get the New Year's six bowl game? If Memphis beats Cincinnati again, which they would have to, it's back-to-back weeks they're playing this team. They're currently 17th. Boise State is 19th. Appalachian State is 21. I, I don't think App State's in it unless both Boise and, and Memphis lose. Maybe Cincinnati, who's 20, has a chance because if they win, they would avenge that loss to Memphis. Which one do you think is going to get the New Year's six nod? Oh, I think it's the winner of Memphis Cincinnati. Okay. I think, over I think, over Boise State? Yes. Yes. I think Cincinnati jumps Boise if they win against Memphis and Memphis. It's Memphis' wins. spot to lose right now. They're yes. they're the highest. It's their spot to lose. Yes. Yeah, but I but I I would say that it's I think the win over Memphis would be bigger than Boise's win over Hawaii. Um and the schedule's not as difficult. Yeah. So I think it's the winner of the Memphis Cincinnati game. That that's what makes that game really intriguing. Is it's for the AAC championship, but yep. I think the winner is in the uh, New Year's Six Bowl. I, I don't think it's going to be Boise. Um, I guess you know. Listen, we'll wait and see. And Boise blows out Hawaii, and you know that that could be another little mini debate there. But I think that's the only possibility if they see it a little bit differently. I. I think they're too close. 17 and 20 are too close. Yeah. And and obviously with Boise sandwich at 19, um, I, I think even though they're they would go to eleven and two, uh, that would that would supplant a twelve and one Boise team, um, Cincinnati that is, uh, I think that's that's what end up um what ends up happening. So I, I, yeah. I think it's Cincinnati Memphis. And by the way, um it's got a lot of intrigue because I really have a feeling this is going to be the last game at Memphis for uh, Mike Nobel. Although, although, mm-hmm. although, although, it'll be interesting uh, how that might play out if they win it about mm. coaching the bowl game. We'll make we'll, we'll we'll see that that that's that's obviously for a discussion if and when it yeah. happens. But mm-hmm. uh, I have um, kind of been. Um, on that a little bit. So yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's Memphis, Memphis, Cincinnati. And how about the, that for the for the American Athletic Conference, which uh, calls themselves the Power Six? Mm. Uh, that would be yeah. something for that American Conference to get the you know that that they had such a great year this year with Navy. What a bounce back for Ken Niamatololo, uh coming back from that season last year, nine and two this year. Navy with a potential win over Army to go ten and two. That's just yes. a, a tremendous season for them. And one final debate. Notre Dame's at 15 right now. I think their chances are slim, maybe slim to none that they get a New Year's six game, but they are Notre Dame, Chris. At 15, do you think they have a shot to get in that mix or are they just too far down the ranking? 
Well, they're not going to – they can only move up, if you look at it, in terms of the rankings one spot, right? I mean, Oregon's the only team – that's playing. That would drop below them with a loss. Correct. Yeah. So they'd finish probably. So they'd finish. Yeah. 14th. I mean, Utah, Oklahoma, Baylor. Um, I, look, I don't know. They may, they, they might drop Baylor from seven to, man, they, they should run. They should, they, they sure didn't have Baylor really high until yeah. this past weekend. And they sure dropped Minnesota like a lead balloon. So I don't, I mean, there, there's Oregon with a loss would drop behind Notre Dame and the only thing would be potentially Baylor so one spot maybe two so they're ending up 13 or 14 tops because Oklahoma's not I don't think Oklahoma would drop below no no but Baylor you know Baylor might the way they kind of do it so look I I don't know where that puts them you bring up a valid point the draw really good team by the way I mean the Michigan game was a head scratcher because terrible weather and they just also yeah they, they just they just weren't in, <laughs> they just weren't ever there they never in it and mm-hmm. it's a highlight of Michigan season things uh, before and after have you know it weren't as good but that was a good good day for them but no Notre Dame has just had a really good season and uh, yeah we'd be wouldn't be for that we'd be talking about a one loss Notre Dame team in a little mix. bit higher yeah, in the mix absolutely the only absolutely. loss to Georgia and by the way. They had some chances against Georgia as well. So, Absolutely. So who knows? But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, uh, it's definitely possible. It's always an issue. Interesting, Auburn's at 11, Alabama 12. Auburn ranked a little higher. I, I'm fine with it. Nine and three yeah, of course. on that schedule. Of course. Alabama, you know, just beat Alabama. But where, where is Alabama? I Alabama is out of a – New Year's Six Bowl. I mean, um... uh, that see, I don't know. I, I still, I honestly, I think it's shaping up to be a choice between Alabama and Notre Dame for the final New Year's Six spot. Well, I tell and you, I think that that's the vote. Like, and if it comes down to, um, if it's going to come down to the bowl, whichever bowl that it is that gets it, um, that has to determine who they want. Do they want Alabama with Mac Jones at quarterback? Or do they want the power of Notre Dame? Now, let me, let me just tell you a couple of things. There's nobody going to play for Alabama because anybody that is a prospect is not playing in that game. Correct. And there's no fans showing up for Alabama. Mm-hmm. They, they are not showing up for any game that's not a playoff game. They are spoiled and, you know, still feel like they probably should be in the playoffs. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, they that – that is see that's not Alabama's a draw and they their fans travel they do all that not for this game. I I'm curious. Listen, I don't know what they're going to do. I really don't. Mm-hmm. But I, I I don't know. Uh Well, you think about I, this, I, it's it's such a it's such a it's also interesting and it's worth noting <laughs> that the college football playoffs this year, the Fiesta Bowl and Peach Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl is that bowl game that would be Notre Dame's um, because they don't have the conference tie-in. That's the at-large game, right? So you take mm-hmm. that at-large game out of the way. The Rose Bowl is going to be probably, if Utah doesn't get into the playoff, we know that they're in the Rose Bowl. You're going to take the Pac-12 champion, and you might take Penn State, right? If Wisconsin loses to Ohio State, 
Penn State's going to be the, 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 the number two Big Ten team. Yeah. So that's going so, so to be the Rose Bowl. And now you're looking down. Okay, you're going to talk about uh, the Orange uh, the Orange Bowl. Well, the Orange Bowl is is going to take um, the SC, the uh, the SEC team, and it's it just honestly it just gets all mixed up. But you're right for Alabama, they might not get a New Year's Bowl game, and then. They're gonna get they're gonna get beat by a team that they should obviously blow out. But you're right, no one's playing in that game. They're not interested in that game. If it's not the college football playoff, if it's not a New Year's Six bowl game, I can't see Alabama getting up for a, a mid tier bowl game on New Year's Day. I just can't yeah, see it. Chris. And one of the things that Capital One Bowl, I'm sorry, they're not. Come on. Yeah, no, no, that's that's what I'm saying. Look, I mean, yeah, I mean, it still could be. I mean, um, it, it. I guess it. it I guess it still could be orange Bowl. I, I just don't see it. Look, I, um, so I don't know. Rose bowl. I'm trying to think I'm thinking it was, well, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. If they lose to Ohio state, Penn state, uh, would jump in Penn state, Wisconsin will travel. Well, I, I hate to, I don't pull, but, uh, I, I sure would have loved to seen. And, and of course you got to earn it, but I, I, Love to see Minnesota in the Rose Bowl. That yeah, how special would have been yeah. for them. PJ Fleck deserved better. Them, but, uh, you but anyway, the <laughs> you got to win the games. Speaking no, of no, the games, no let, let's get into the game of the, the the game of the week, which is going to be that LSU Georgia affair. Uh, LSU is a seven point favorite. Um, these two teams clearly the best in the SEC right now, as that's where they finished. I can't excuse Georgia's loss to South Carolina, but. We know the way that Jake Fromm played in that game. We know the way that the receivers played in that game. Georgia defensively can still stay with LSU. They can they can stop LSU, but really no one's been able to this year. This is the biggest test that they're going to face all year. They let a Notre Dame team with Ian Book come back. They let Florida hang around with them. Shoot, they even didn't blow out an Auburn team. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just looking at this team who let, by the way, a Kellen Mond stick around in a game against them. How are they going to do this against Joe Burrow and that LSU offense? Well, I don't know that they can or will. I mean, they can, but I doubt that they will. I mean, here's what it really comes down to. Um, this defense is going to have to carry the day again. They're going to have to slow down LSU's run game, which has been very underrated, very productive on the Clyde uh, Edwards Alaire. He's really, in the last five games, he's rushed for about 700 yards. He scored a trio of touchdowns against Alabama, Arkansas. It's been outstanding. But Georgia's only given up 68 yards rushing a game. So something's got to give there. Uh, in, you've, in order to have some success against LSU's offense, You've got to stop the run and get good pressure and come after the quarterback to break the rhythm and really be good in coverage. And I think that Georgia can do some things fairly effectively. With that said, Georgia is going to have to be more productive on offense. It is one thing, and I think it's necessary, essential, that they play really good ball control, run the football well, but they have to score touchdowns in the red zone. Mm. They can't kick field goals in on the end of five, six minute drives and expect to beat LSU because LSU will get enough possessions 
to where you're not going to stop them for four quarters. And you may have success in the first and second quarter and into the third. But by fourth quarter, if they get enough possessions, they're going to score some points. So can you capitalize with touchdowns? And can you do it without Cager? And now without Pickens for a half, um, it, it stacks up against them. So Georgia's going to have to play their best game of the year offensively they're going to have to make big time plays in the passing game they're going to have to win against really good corners and if they can't win against those corners they're in trouble because if those corners can match up against georgia then you got both the lsu safeties particularly delpit that will be able to line up play the underneath pass game and play the run and that that's obviously georgia's bread and butter look they've been there before they've been there three times in a row in this game but this is a a quite a big task the other thing is did we see with some health and improvement of health on their defense an lsu defense that's maybe starting to find themselves a little bit not the strength of their team but good enough to get stopped so the key to this game Georgia's red zone offense against LSU's red zone defense. LSU gets off the field and forced threes. Georgia won't be able to control it enough, long enough for four quarters, unless they score touchdowns uh, to be able to win this. They're going to have to find a way to score, you know, 27 points. Look, Auburn held LSU to 23. You're going to have to, can you hold LSU to 23, 24 points and score 27 and win it? I mean, that's going to be what Georgia has to find a way to do. And that's going to have to come with limiting LSU's possessions by running the football and controlling it and scoring touchdowns on your end. It, it, it looks to me like Georgia has to play their best game and they're going to have to break the rhythm of LSU's offense, something that nobody's done. And oh, by the way, I think this LSU's defense is not an awful defense. It's capable of playing a little bit better. Um, I think it's a tough matchup for Georgia. I really do. Let's talk about the Pac-12 title game. Uh, you know how fond I am of Utah. I've been I've been driving that bus, Chris. It seems like all season long. This is the best quarterback, though, that they're going to face all year. As much as I love this defense, are they up to the challenge of stopping Justin Herbert? They are. They're the better team here. This Utah Agreed. team is the best team in the conference, and you know I do my little grades every week in film grade and i've got utah as the fourth best team in the country i think they're better than georgia i think they're better than oklahoma i think they're better than baylor and at all um i think they're that good i think that um the secondary is outstanding the defensive front's good the linebackers are fast i think the offensive line is really good um the receivers are getting better they've got an outstanding back and i think the quarterback's really good in fact i think the quarterback is a little more consistent than herbert is herbert mm. Best game can absolutely, if he lights it up, I mean, meaning if he's on and he can make big plays with guys all over, yeah, it could be interesting. But I think Utah is a much more sound team and, and much more trustworthy team. With that said, there's one thing that I don't really know about Utah is how will they handle the moment? Hmm. You know, they're, they're, they don't know for certain that they're going to the they don't know for certain that they're going into the playoffs if they win because we don't know what they're going to do we don't know if oklahoma wins in a blowout 
Some people looked at the metrics in favor of Oklahoma. We don't know what the committee's going to do. I mean, and they also you know, play Friday, so they won't know any results of, of the other correct, games. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, they, you don't know, but it's not it's not a definitive win in your end situation for Utah. Some may think it is. Some may think it should be. And maybe they're both right. But the reality is it's not a definite. It's not like LSU or Ohio State or Clemson knows that if they win, they're in. I mean, there's no – it's just about – see, Utah's not quite in that situation. How do they handle the moment, Scott? How do they handle it? Is, is it a pressure? Get to the kids in the moment and start thinking about we could be in the – we could be on a stage, yada, yada. I mean, those are things that can affect your ability to play the way you normally play which is really good. This team is outstanding. They're physical. They're the real deal. I, I, you know, again, the big moment stage is the only thing that would concern me. So, look, I, I think it in, in Oregon is playing, you know, they're, they've lost their chance. They, the only thing they can salvage is winning a Pac-12 title. And you know the, you know that that everybody, you know certainly in the back twelve was brutal for Utah. So it's it's Oregon's kind of just kind of playing this like you know with house money, and they've kind of lost their chances. That's it. So look, they're going to play loose. They're going to play free. I don't know if they're going to play well, but they're going to be aggressive. And so will Utah play tight? Will they make mistakes? Um, look, there's some there's some issues. They didn't play their best game against USC, and that's what's which preventing them from being unbeaten, but they've taken care of business. Now they have dominated people and they've dominated some teams that other people haven't been able to dominate. So I think they take care of business. Um, and I think if they play their best, they win and perhaps win decisively and make a statement whether they need to or not, I, I, you know, I don't know, debatable, but I wonder, Scott, I just wonder about the moment. I'm not questioning it or saying, Oh, they're going to choke. They're going to watch it. I just I've been around this enough where I've seen moments to where all of a sudden I've seen it in the NFL with with an upstart team. I've seen it with with the team, you know, that that's in that maybe a little bit stargazed and and thinking about what's going to happen if we do this instead of focusing on, you know, what you need to do. So they have not been in these big game moments that maybe some of the other higher pedigree teams have been. So what is that going to mean? Listen, I'm still going to side on the edge of who's the better team. Give me the better football team with the better talent, great coaching. I'm all in on that. I, you know, but I'm just throwing that out there. That's the one thing that I have questions about, because other than that, dude, you put these two teams together and you put Utah against Oregon, Utah against Oklahoma, Utah against Baylor, Utah against Georgia, just football versus football and forget about what's at stake. I'm taking this Utah team against all those other teams. I think they are the fourth best team in the country that I have seen on film as I look at it through all course of the year. And quite frankly, it's not that close. I'm with you 100%, Chris. Let's get into the Big 12 title game, Chris. Baylor and Oklahoma, uh, this one at AT AT&T Stadium. Last time these two teams played, it was epic. Uh, Baylor won up 28-3. And then Oklahoma surged all the way back. And, and if not for Jalen Hurts, I mentioned this a lot, but if not for him fumbling at the goal line, you know, it would have been a lot more than just a field goal victory 
for the Sooners. They would have came all the way back and won by double digits, possibly. So how does Baylor avoid that this time, the second time around? Well, well, first of all, they're they're playing good football. They're really a fundamentally good team. But see, I, I thought that that first game was about Baylor generating creating some turnovers and, uh-huh. and Oklahoma contributing to. And I think that give Baylor short fields and, and I and I thought it was mistake prone that that Oklahoma dug themselves a hole. I think without that, I I, I do think it's a different game. I look I I think Matt Rule, what he's done is phenomenal, big picture, and I think what he's done with this team has been really impressive. In a league where kind of, you know, everybody's kind of been here or there, and you never know what you get from one week to the next, this has been steady as you go Baylor. I mean, they've they've been able to maximize what they are week in and week out. Now, um, to me, it's about Oklahoma. Now, Oklahoma, they always play Bedlam very well. I was really impressed with what they did. They ran the football and voila, you know what I've been saying for uh, four years, man, all of a sudden the defense is not as tired. They're playing pretty well. I think they need to do a little bit more of that. I think they need to be a little bit more balanced. Look, I think Oklahoma can be explosive. Jalen hurts is not throwing the football. Well, their passing game is not in really good rhythm. He's running it pretty well. And uncharacteristically, characteristically, he's made a lot of mistakes but he played better last week, and that was the difference. I think without the turnovers, without the mistakes, I think Oklahoma wins. And I think they have the ability to win maybe decisively. But, you know, I I don't know that I trust Oklahoma enough at this point that they will play a clean game for four quarters. And I do think that Baylor is going to be there and have their moments and play well. I hope it's a good game. I think it could be a good game. But I don't think it's going to be like it was the last time out. Basically, yeah. basically that was two games in one. I mean, it was a collapse by one team and a taken advantage of it by the other in the first half. And then it was the reverse in the second half. I think it's going to be a little bit more steady as she goes. I'm hoping for a fourth quarter game, which, listen, it's got a playoff feel to it because we don't know if you win, you're going to make it. But, you know, there's there's going to be a a situation where you know they're they're not going to know the result of georgia lsu but they will know the result of the pac-12 game so they can look at it and say all right look um they have a really good feel for you know maybe if utah uh, loses the game then they feel like look we win we probably are going to get in assuming that lsu beats georgia uh, so that game is going to have a feel like, you know, look, you win. We've made our statement to try to get in. We're going to need a little help. But if Georgia loses and let's say Oregon had upset Utah the night before, that's going to be a, you know, a advance into the playoff type of field game. And then if it's not, and there's still a Georgia loss, there's a statement. So maybe if Utah wins a close one, one of these teams, particularly if Oklahoma blows out Baylor, then, you know, maybe maybe that's a statement. Maybe that's a statement. Look, Oklahoma's figured it out. They just dominated Baylor. Um, it's the, you know, that's something that, you know, might be um, in their favor and something that they'll be thinking about. Style points and making an impression, we all know, does matter in these games. Before we get into some coaching news, uh, Chris, 
Let's look at the rest of the games, and every one of them is pretty much in a, a, a lopsided spread. We talked about the games that are close. You know, Utah's only a six-point favorite, and Oklahoma's a nine-point favorite, but LSU is only seven. Every other game is – it seems like it's a blowout, right? So you have Wisconsin, 16.5-point dogs. Virginia, 28.5-point dogs. Hawaii, 14-point dogs. Uh, Cincinnati is a nine-point dog. Louisiana against App State is a six-point dog. Mm-hmm. Out of all the teams that I just mentioned, which underdog is the most likely to pull off an upset and capture their conference title? Um, Wisconsin over Ohio State, no, I can't see it. No, Virginia no. over Clemson, I can't see it. I can't even see Hawaii over Boise State. Uh, I, I guess maybe it's Cincinnati, but the way that these two teams played last week, I think it's another Memphis win. So I don't think that yeah. there's going to be any upsets. No, I don't know that there is. I, I would maybe say Oregon over Utah if 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 Utah kind of plays a little jittery. You, Oregon's good enough to play with Utah. If both play their best, they can play with Utah, and I could see that being a game. If both play their best, Ohio State wins decisively. Clemson wins decisively. Look, I'd, I'd give a chance for Georgia. I'd give a chance for Georgia. Yeah. But, I mean, I'd favor LSU. Um, look, I don't think Boise's that much better than anybody that, 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 that you know, that Hawaii wouldn't have a chance. Uh, but I don't think so. I agree with you on Cincinnati, Memphis. Um, I kind of like Florida Atlantic, you know, more than UAB wouldn't be, wouldn't be shocked if ULL played app state well, but I don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. No, I would say, um, I'd probably put them in order. Maybe Oregon then maybe Georgia, then maybe Baylor in, in the, in the, in the, in that order of a potential for, uh, you know, upsets. Yeah, I think I'd, I'm with you there. Uh, there was important coaching news, Chris, as we wrap this up. Uh, Chris Peterson stepping down at Washington. Was this something that people saw coming, or, or was this a big surprise? You know, it was a big surprise to me. Um, I, I, I changed texts with Chris, and he, he, he assured me he's doing well and everything's fine. He's said he's he's just needs to he, he's got a for people who don't know he's got a special needs child i think he's you know he's one of those guys that loves coaching his dad was a was a coach and he grew up around it but you know he's not one of those guys that likes the big limelight he's not in it you know money's always good and and and, and it certainly you're always in it for that to some degree but he's not in it for the limelight He's not like, uh, you know, he's someone that I could see like being really happy, you know, maybe the, not financially, but he'd be really happy coaching a, a junior college or mm. a high school or, or doing something to where you have more family time and still be in football. He's that type of personality. I don't rule out a return to him coaching, but I also don't think it's like, uh, you know, boy, he's stepping aside and he's got this in mind and yeah, he's angling to get the USC job this and I mean, I think all those things, that's really not Pete. And, you know, I think this is something that apparently this was in plan because two things jumped out at me. This team, for whatever reason this year, this Washington team just didn't look right. They they did not play their normal discipline 
smart football that I normally expect out of them. And then, you know, so that, and I don't know that, that, you know, if that had anything to do with it or he was a little detached or, you know, I, I don't know, but I just, I wondered that, you know, after he announced it um, this week, the other thing was I tried to help Nick Saban wanted to hire Jimmy Lake as defensive coordinator at Alabama. And I tried to talk to Jim about it and talk. We talked about the advantages uh, all right, you go to Alabama and you get a really good head coaching opportunity and, you know, it's you not to be there forever, but you can do a good job. You'd be a good fit. You can really learn from how they do things. And it's not that, that he's not in a great place at, at Washington, but a different way. And your profile goes up. And now I kind of sense why he didn't want to go. Mm. I, 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 apparently there was some, and I, it may have been, something as simple as look if you stay here your opportunities i don't i don't know that they said yet yeah, chris is gonna you know step aside at the end of next year stay here i think it's more along the lines of probably an indication that you know um you've got a good opportunity here and and i think there's some indication that you know chris may not do this much longer and i now i i none of that was said or even in any way indicated to me. So I, I certainly didn't see any of this. I was blindsided like everyone else, but in retrospect, I look back on it and I'm thinking, Oh, okay. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he felt like, look, you know, cause that's the type of job, certainly a, a Washington type of job is a great job. Yeah. And you know, listen, I think it's a great opportunity for him, but I, I did not anticipate that. And I thought that might've been a good move for him last year. Makes some sense as to why he wouldn't make it. And so I, those are two things that I thought of since Pete announced his um, decision and um, wish him well. And uh, we'll, we'll see, you know, um, Jimmy's, you know, he's got his chance. Mm -hmm. One other coaching uh, question here is what are we waiting for with Clay Helton at USC? Well, you know, obviously some people jumped the gun on, there's speculation. There's a lot of people that are in and around the program that, that want to see a coaching change. Listen, I think Mike bone has assessed it in his short term there. Mike bone has only been there like for like two or three weeks. Uh -huh. So he saw the last two, three, here's what's happening in my mind. What I sense is likes clay. The team has responded well to him. They fight hard for him. They're, they're not a, bad coach team at all they don't have the type of talent so the conversations have to be in my mind we're not good enough in recruiting they're not even see usc is, has historically been a late signing class meaning in the old days and this is the right way to do it by the way they really spend more time evaluating and, and they could be late on an offer of a kid and still get them. And they'd end up they had with cachet. Correct. Now you can't do that with early signing day. So what's happening is they're not getting the players and they've not adjusted, nor do they have a good recruiting staff. And if they don't get the players, they're going to continue to be what they have been bit underachieving. Look, I mean, Utah is, 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 
very close that USC could have won the South, but to be a top 10 team, they're not even close to where they should be talent wise. Mm-hmm. And so what Mike has got to sit down, I think with Clay's, what are you going to do to fix it? What changes on the staff are you going to make to make this the recruiting staff? How are you going to do it differently and who are you going to bring in to do it? And what's the plan? Cause that's what he's got to sell Mike Bowen on that he can do. And if he can't do that, I, you know, I, I, I think it's probably time to move on. If he feels like he can, well, then I think there's some sentiment to try to see, to give him a legitimate chance to fix it. Um, that's where I think is going on. And I think is in the process of being figured out. People say, well, what are they waiting on? <laughs> I think that's it. I think it's about who are you going to bring in and how are you going to fix it? Now, here's the other thing. Can they, they need to figure this out pretty quickly. If you're Graham Harrell, do you stay at USC? Do, do you mm. know that you have a job or do you go and take the OC job at Texas and go into that mess, which that's a, that's a, it's another conversation for another day, but that is a complete overall of the staff. So my point is, is they've got to figure some things out and they've got to have the plan in place to get the staff that's going to fix it with clay. Or if they can't get that figured out, then they got to move on with someone else. And then you've got to, I think, have a pretty good idea who you can get. And I I don't know where Mike Bone is with those two decisions, and that's going to bring it out. And that's why when I think the longer it goes, the more likely that Clay stays. Yeah. But provided he has those answers of who he can bring in to fix some of the things we just talked about. If you can't, then that's going to be the reason why he doesn't keep his job if he doesn't. It's because he's not able to fix what's caused the talent problem or the lack of recruiting prowess that they currently lack on their staff. Now, you're on top of all of this coaching news at LandryFootball.com, right? Yeah, we've got it. We've got uh, behind the paywall for our members. We can tell you where Florida State is. You know, who they've honed in on. You know, we've, we've got Arkansas update there, but in our coaching search notebook, everything, the early stages of Ole Miss and Missouri, Boston College, uh, South Florida, we, we've got it, uh, you know, involved in it. We're, we're a lot of sensitive information, so we got it behind the paywall. But, um, you know, Florida State's going to be, uh, after this weekend's games, um, you know, well, hint, hint, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of let that play out. And, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, we've seen those things before, and that's that's the whole – by the way, not all of these guys are going to get jobs, but what a coaching weekend of guys that are really good candidates that, again, they're not all going to get jobs. But, you know, Matt Rule's not going to move on, but, but he's done a great job there. But how about Appalachian State? Eli Drinkwich, one year at App State. Mm-hmm. Some guys really interested going up against Billy Napier going to be a candidate there for the Ole Miss job. One of many, uh, Lane Kiffin going up against Bill Clark, <laughs> two strong candidates there. Brian Harson. There is one of these schools that are trying hard to get Brian Harson. Nick Rolovich, by the way, is a good candidate. Cincinnati, Memphis, Luke fickle. Michigan State comes open, maybe there. Memphis, Mike Norvell in play. How about that? I mean, all of those guys, or you might have 
a few of them, a couple of them at least, that will end up coaching other teams next year. So there's a little bit of sidebar excitement with some of these games. So, yes, we got it all covered at LandryFootball.com, all the details, all the breakdowns of all these games. Obviously, we're going to be covering all that. We've got another coaching hire or move in the NFL with Ron Rivera gone. So we, we're going to keep it up to date in the NFL side as well. We've got four weeks left in the season. So it's a great opportunity to get involved. You get all that information as well as all the breakdowns, recruiting, which we're going to have, you know, all the details of how the recruiting classes are shaken up. Um, shaken out, I've been studying that for quite some time and looking at some of the film and doing some of my work on that. And then obviously uh, the draft and free agency and early declarations, man, it just goes into the busiest phase of the busiest time of year. If you're a football fan, LandryFootball.com is where you want to be to stay on top of all of that information. You get it at a cheap discount. Look, it's 50% off if you get it for one year. That's $4.99 a month, and you get all of that for a calendar year. Takes you all the way through next year at this time. So check it out. Follow me on Twitter at LandryFootball. Can't beat that value. Listen to free podcasts every single day on LandryFootball.com. And as Chris said, follow him on Twitter for all the latest breaking news. You can follow me at Scott's On Air. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the College Football Film Room wherever you get your podcasts from. Or check us out on the Believe Podcast Network at BLEAV.com. All right, Chris, enjoy the games. And when we talk next week, we will have the College Football Playoff set, my friend. Hey, look forward to it, man. Enjoy it, bud. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.